Previously on Analysis Complete. I, 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 I mean no harm. I, I don't know what's going on, Brock. Just a few hours ago, we saw you die. I know where the real you is. I woke up next to her. So you could get her out. Caster, I'm going to have to give you an order. You're going to be coming with us to the Ballista in the morning. I'm sorry, but your order conflicts with Asimov's loss. And he looks over at Dr. Freylock's tent. Now you can either kill two people tonight, or you can come with us. Do not think that you are a puppeteer that can control me. I am more than that, and I think you know that. So be very careful with your threats, Captain. I'm pointing the rifle towards Sergeant Vi, towards Levi. Vi, I'm going to take a shot. <gasps> oh my God. Holy shit. starting to get fuzzy around the edges. You see this grizzled captain of a ship, a man that you may or may not have respected, but one that tried to do the best for his people. You see him looking wild and feral and angry, a man of desperation. A man of desperation who is desperately trying to choke the life out of you. And as that sight is starting to fade away and unconsciousness is waiting for you on the other side, Cassidy Garland screams and you can see her come over the shoulder, pulling Captain Wakefield off of you. They both stumble to the ground at the feet of Sergeant Vi, whose blood is spurting out like a little fountain. And they are pointing away from you, past you, to the other side of the camp. <sighs> Rook is going to take the most deep breaths he's ever taken in his life as air enters back in into his lungs. And he's going to slowly begin to crawl in the other direction, just trying to find some distance and to get his bearings around him. Is the rifle still with Wakefield? Yeah, he's he's got the rifle. You see him starting to fumble with the rifle as he and Cassidy Garland are looking at something over your shoulder. I would like to think that Rook doesn't have the sort of advantageous position that he would like, so he's not going to just, you know, go balls to the wall again and try to tackle Wakefield again, so... He is just trying to just, you know, crawl backwards on his, on the on the palms of his hands, just in the gritty dirt, just trying to find some cover. Because if Doctor Wake, or if if Wakefield, you know, points the rifle at me, at least I got some chance behind some cover. So that's what I'm doing. Are you crawling backwards away from Captain Wakefield? Y yes, away from where they're going. You know, I'm trying to just create as much distance as possible. Again, I'm still on on the ground. If um, in my head, if Doctor, if uh, the captain looks yeah. at me, I'm there. He sees me, but I'm trying to find somewhere to go. Eventually, you start scurrying backwards, and over your shoulder, you hear the sound of something rustling the leaves on the ground. You hear the soft squish of wet earth under a foot. You hear heavy breathing. When you turn and look over your shoulder, you see what they're looking at, which is another hound. 
while this is happening, Dr. Freya Locke and Castor, here to be referred to as Elgon III, are running back towards the sound of the gunshot. The gunfire that uh, when Rook had the rifle for a moment had shot Sergeant Vi. Y'all running back. So you guys turn to run. George Asper is continuing towards where he believes the, the laboratory to be. And I need you two to make a speed check. And what this speed check... And do not forget, David, you're you're dialed in because you're panicking and you rolled a natural one again. The most unlucky of rolls in other games, but in this one, very clutch. Uh, I can't remember how many minutes we said. I think it's 13, maybe 8. I can't remember. 12 for some reason. 12. Okay. You are locked in and you have advantages on all your checks for the next 10 minutes or so. 12. So I need a speed check. The speed check is going to determine whether or not, because you guys were walking for about two minutes, and you were trying to do so rather slowly and, and delicately to avoid any type of detection. So you're not that far away, but this speed check is going to determine whether or not you show up at the moment that I have just described, or if you show up around later. And that could be a very big difference. Ha- have we Have we seen the dog yet as well? These mounds of roots block a lot of the way so you're kind of weaving through this maze of cypress tree roots i'm gonna say to dr Locke, he may kill you if you go back go with dr asper it's me that they want (laughs) i i throw him my last stem pack you throw me yeah oh yeah add that to the list of stuff you're carrying yeah i will i will catch it in some confusion somebody got shot yeah so, Dr. Locke, you're going to continue turn. in the direction that George Asper is going? Is that oh, correct, Gail? Oh, yeah. I understand. I throw on the sun pack and I turn around. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't piece that together until just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. I don't want both of us to go, really, yeah. is what it comes down to. Yeah. All right. But he's faster than me because I failed my yeah. speed roll. <laughs> Elgon. Get that speed check, and it's going to determine whether or not you get there this round or next one. He is going to turn back as he runs and say, uh, "If I never see you again, Doctor Locke, thank you for everything." And uh, that's a seventy-three is the first roll, and a fifty-three is the second. That is a failure. All right, take another stress as you're trying to run. Yeah, we're going to get another round without you, but you'll get there the next time, Rook. You are between this creature that you have faced before. You know what it can do. Do I, though? Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're right. Yeah, so this You've is my never first time seen seeing this. it. It is your first time seeing it. Thanks for reminding me. Reedon, could you make a panic check for me? <laughs> yeah, sure. This is uh, fucked up. Rook 2nd Edition only has four stress, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I don't feel so bad. Yeah, doesn't panic with an 18. Awesome possum. Okay. I mean, you've seen some shit, so this is the least surprising situation you could be in. But unfortunately, it is a difficult situation as you were between two people that were trying to kill you and something else that totally has the capacity to kill you. What would you like to do? I'd like to look over to uh, Sergeant Levi's uh, dying, dying Mm -hmm. Sergeant Levi. How does she look? Super dead. Oh, she's already dead? Yeah. Damn. I wanted the killing blow. Anyway, <laughs> do I see any sort of weaponry as I look over to... Near Levi's body is her spear that she had. It's like a makeshift. It's got like a combat knife tied to the end of a, a long rod. I'm going to slowly just get up and um, sort of like in a crouched position and just keep low. I... You know, I don't know if there's any more of these hounds, and I don't want, maybe, I, who knows, maybe the this hound is working for Kevin Wakefield. I don't know what's going on quite yet, so I'm going to stay low and just slowly make my way over to that spear to try to grab it from uh, yeah. Levi's body. He starts scurrying out from between these two parties and heading over towards Levi's body where you can see this just pool of blood settling in the hollow of her stomach and you grab a hold of the spear like three feet away from you four feet away from you is Cassidy Garland and Captain Wakefield and they're clearly more concerned about this than you and what you're doing 
and Captain Wakefield holds up the rifle, tries to fire it, and it is jammed from the uh, rock hit that you gave it last session. Cassidy Garland, who also has a knife, is going to make a panic roll. <laughs> and we're going to determine whether or not she freaks the fuck out. She does not. All right. She gets up with her knife and she you see her run and she slides into her tent. It's one of those open flap tents. She slides into it. And that's where she's at. The creature starts to move. And Captain Wakefield looks back at you and looks back at the creature in an effort to wonder which one it's going to come for first. Grabs a hold of the rifle like a baseball bat. He's going to swing this thing at it if it comes at him. And the creature's going to attack Captain Wakefield. Jumps at Captain Wakefield. He holds the rifle up and it hits the rifle. And he's able to block its teeth. These jagged teeth clinch onto the body of the rifle. And you're crunching on metal and cheap plastic. And he's holding it at bay for right now. But... It's not long before this thing might get the upper hand. David, Elgon, you arrive and you see Captain Wakefield is underneath a creature, the hound from before that you uh, choked to death at one point. It was asleep, though, when you did it. Yeah, didn't have to make a combat roll in order to yeah. do such a thing. And you can see him underneath of it, and you can see Rook to the, your right next to the dying body the dead body of Sergeant Vi and Rook has picked up uh, her spear that you saw that she had earlier you don't see Cassidy Garland though Elgon what would you like to do I am going to try and you know full force run and tackle this dog off of Captain Wakefield I'd like to argue for this to being an act of strength. Sure. Yeah. I'll give you the strength and I'll... I'll actually, I'll, I'll give you advantage because it is trying to kill something. It has no idea you're there yet. Well, I already have advantage, so... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My you can't get double advantage. Right. I'll take I'm not going to give you any more sure. favors. <laughs> Great. And I would imagine, like, it's a big... I'm a pretty heavy thing. I, I, I yeah. sure it would do some damage. Um, yeah, it would. Right, here we go. That's an 85. That's no good. You're rolling real high tonight, Dave. I am. That's a 41. That is still a failure. You're going to go and you're going to tackle this thing. You are going to succeed in tackling it. You're not going to do any damage to it. Yeah. Right? So there's no damage. You're just going to get its attention now. You tackle it off of Captain Wakefield. And the three parties involved in this melee are now separated. You're... The creature is between you and Captain Wakefield. Actually, it's surrounded on three sides by Rook, oh, okay. Wakefield, and you. Mm -hmm. But we're at kind of a stalemate right now. Yeah. Rook, what do you want to do? Elgon came back for you. Seeing this android come back, I don't have the same attachment as I do with first edition Rook. Do we know that? Do I? Do I know that Rook or that? Uh, that caster because rook knows that as uh, knows him as caster is um not really a fighting fighting uh android right, okay. right. you know that it's like a heavy duty lifting android it, it or it does it helps with construction and you were around when it helped with the construction of the haven right so you had a week 10 days 11 days with with elgon caster off the ship working at the haven putting it together so you you have that much relationship with it. I'm going to, if I go out there and attack this thing, I'm putting me in a really prime spot between me and Captain Wakefield. And I don't even know how badly I was able to jam that thing. So really, I am just kind of standing my ground, keeping the spear out at bay, just sort of keeping my defenses up to hope that um, it's going to go for someone else. And then I will go after that. So I'm going to just essentially just hold my action, I guess, or just defend being in a very defensive position so defensive position you're waiting to see what it is you get as you guys kind of have this this creature cornered so i've got you i've got him the goddamn rifle is jammed 
but he's going to try and hit it with this rifle anyways. And he's going to succeed. He's going to do a little bit of damage. He just bats it on the back of the head. And it turns and looks at him and snarls. It's a terrible growl. And you see its tail come up from behind. And this six-inch spike emerges from the end of its tail. When it does that, this is terrifying to look at. You see an arrow sail over Elgon's shoulder. Emerging from the tent is Cassidy Garland. And she just fired an arrow that struck this creature in the back. And it did a little bit more damage. Now it's the creature's turn. It is in between three people. I think the sensible choice is that I roll a d4. One for Elgon, two for Rook, three for Wakefield, and four, it's going long distance to go get a hold of this Cassidy Garland. The creature, oh, fires its tail, buries it deep into the shoulder of Captain Wakefield. You hear him howl in pain, and let me look at this wound table. Ten, ten, ten. <laughs> Oh, man. Zero. 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 It's not good. <laughs> yeah. You see the spike come out, and it's it looks like it's closer to an artery near his throat. Was that your aorta? I only know the term aorta because I watched no. a movie in, uh, when I was a teenager called Girl Interrupted with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and she threatened, to, she threatened to cut her aorta. Do you guys remember Angelina Jolie in Girl Interrupted? I've never movie. seen that movie. I, I think the, the uh, what the jugular is that. Uh, yeah, it's jugular sure. in your in yeah. your neck. Your aorta is the main yeah. valve down here, heart. so she'd yeah. have to go like yeah through the breastbone. I think. Let's just say I was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> that and hackers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where was I? Oh, you see blood just spurting out of his neck. Doesn't look good. Uh, that's how that goes for Captain Wakefield, and that brings me back to Elgon. Dr. Freya Locke, you are running, trying to find George Asper. Is, yeah, well, I mean, I'm running west, right? That was the direction. East. Oh, that's right. He went west away, so I need to go east, so I'm just running east. It is morning, so I don't even know. Does the sun rise in the east here? (laughs) (laughs) While I figure out the answer, let's go back to Elgon. All right. Old Elgon 3 uh, is going to try and wrestle the tail and bash its body with its own tail. Would you want to try and stab it with its own tail? Yeah. 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 That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm taking the tail and I'm going to try and gut it with itself. Okay. Yeah. Dave, this is difficult, but you have advantage. I mean, this You're going to have to make a, a... This is combat. This is combat? I don't know. Feels, oh, uh, what do you, what do you uh, want? What do you, talk uh, me into it. Talk me in. Wrestling a tail. It's I mean, the hound right. doing the damage, not Elgon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll let you use the hound's combat stat for... No. You're going <laughs> to... But he gets to use the hound's damage, right? You're in combat, my friend. <laughs> oh, dang, Nabbit. This isn't going to go well. No, but it's you not. Still have advantage. But, oh, Let's go. You have advantage, man, and you I guys have a I habit of rolling. A, you guys have a, a habit of rolling like twos and Come shit. On. Come on, Let's go. that's true. But I've always, <laughs> I've, I've never succeeded a combat roll. <laughs> it's, it's only like when I'm like trying to do 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 a robot thing that I succeed. Yeah. This is yeah, it. This right. is your moment. All right, here we go. Let's go. That is a thirteen, yeah. which succeeds. Roll yeah. one more. Let's Roll see if we can more. get a critical. Wow, that's a fifty-nine. All right. Yeah. All right. Trash. Okay. There we you go. succeeded doing this. I so, did the thing. Uh, how many wounds do you have? Like your maximum wound is what? I'm sorry, you're confusing Three. me and the dog. How many wounds does the dog have? Uh, he's about to. No, die. no, 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 no. How many do you have? I have three. Okay, you have three. I'm still full. <laughs> the reason I'm doing this is because whenever you try to like melee strike somebody, okay, you deal your wounds. So if you have three wounds as a person, when you hit somebody, you don't roll a dice for it. You just deal three. So like if Dr. Freylock, who has two wounds, tries to hit somebody, and she succeeds, she does two damage. 
Is this more than just melee, though? Because it, it, it is. is. Okay. okay. You're going to get a plus three to a D10. Oh, wow. Okay. So roll a D10. All right. It, it's better whenever it hits you with the tail. But yeah. you're just doing it. All right. That is a four plus so three. Okay. Seven. Seven. All right. And I don't know if I can, like, with my strength, try and, like, almost hold its tail into itself, you know? Wait, say that again? Explain so that I, to me? I, like, kind of, I bash the, its body with the tail, but I'm, like, trying to, like, strangle the tail into its body. so it Like, holding it in, like, leaning you know into I mean? it. So it. I see what he's saying. That's out. why it's You've, strength. Yeah. It's just like, oh, cool, I pierced it. Let's stay there and right. just, like, Right, so I'm kind of, like, leaning it. my weight into okay. it and trying to, like, pin right. In the tail into it. Yeah. So we'll say, well, all right, we'll, we'll get to whether or not you can succeed right. at that Pin later. That's a whole different thing. Hound. Got right, it. Right, right. That's crazy, but uh, <laughs> I like the creativity of it. You stab it with its own tail, so that does happen. You deal this damage, you see it cry out, and it's just this uh, wounded yelp emitting from this monstrosity. Rook, Caster is getting it. Right. What you want to do, bro? Cassidy Garland's getting it. She's yeah. full on Rambo in it right now. And Captain Wakefield still is holding in his Captain hands, Wakefield looks fucked up. But he's still holding the rifle. He does, and the rifle's broken. As I inch a little bit closer, I'm going to go look back at Cass and yell out, Where do, you, where do your allegiances lie? And I await a response. Okay. What does she give me? She looks at you, and she says, With this, fires another fucking arrow at this thing, because she's busy taking care of business. Okay. Can I, as I see that happen, I would like to attack the, the hound, yeah. if possible. However, as I, as I try to go in for the poke, I want to have Rook be like right behind Captain Wakefield, just so it's like a little bit of like in between. Because if I miss the hound, I might be able to stick something else. Sorry, are you trying to call your miss right now? Are you trying no. to be like, okay, no. hey, Jay, I'm going to try and stab it with this knife, <laughs> the spear. But if I don't hit it, you know what you can do, right? <laughs> you trying to, are you trying to lead me down a path of killing... T- on no, accident? No. You, you want me to, to be dice. complicit in this? It's up to the dice. <laughs> All right. Roll. Uh, would, it, would it be 40? Uh, my combat plus my military training, not yeah. hand-to-hand combat? Not hand-to-hand. Got it. Uh, 56 is my gate. Okay. Oh, my God. That is a zero, zero, zero. That is a... Is that 100 or is that zero? Zero. It's zero. So it's critical the success. Most critical success you yeah. get. The greatest of all. <laughs> the greatest of all. So he pierces all. through the hound into Captain Wakefield. So, yeah, um, you skewer <laughs> them both. <laughs> and I like to think. I like to think as I uh, as I go for this for this stab, I like maybe I like jump up into the air and I'm holding it down. And as I come and hit the apex of my jump, I'm gonna come down with the spear you slam it into this creature that is getting like pinned by its own tail and in the middle of this moment where this hound this big dumb creature is being spiked with its own tail it realizes oh it's retractable and it retracts that that spike out of its own back and then just when it does that it eats a spear through the top of its head it goes down its throat and out its out its stomach you've skewered it you've threaded it like bacon on a skewer like the chefs do on TV. This thing's dead. Everybody's panting, except for Elgon. Cassidy Garland still has a bow and arrow that she never fired. She's holding it up. Mm. And she says, where are they? They're gone. Why do you need them? I don't. I thought you were going with them. I came back when I heard bloodshed. And when you say bloodshed, you all realize Captain Wakefield slumps down onto his knees and he is holding this wound on his throat. He needs some medical attention. I'm going to use the stem pack that uh, Dr. Locke gave me and I'm going to administer it to him. You administer the stem pack and you see him kind of slump back, 
by the body of Sergeant Vi. This wound on his neck needs to be taken care of. But I don't know if Elgon has the capacity to do such a thing. Does he, uh, Elgon? Elgon has the capacity to do whatever the fuck he wants. Word? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh... (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. Simpec. 2d10. 2d10 health. And temporarily increases strength in combat for 2d10 each for 1d10 hours. And then he has to make a body save to make sure he doesn't get addicted. I, I like to imagine that if it gives you this adrenaline rush and you have like a bullet wound, it just pumps blood faster. So now it's just That's like what I think about stuff. it. But so, so, the, so the wound is from his throat, though, you said, right? Yeah, it's around his clavicle okay. area. Yeah, Caster is going to try and uh, like rip off parts of his clothing to kind of like uh, put pressure on the wound and kind of secure yeah. it. And will use any intellect of medical knowledge to. To just try and administer okay. some some type of bandage to to the wound. Make such a roll. An Make an intelligence roll. roll. Okay. Please, sir. Seventy nine, but I'm still at advantage. Yes, you are. You're All you're right. locked in. All right. Fifty one. That is a failure by two. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna gain another stress, Dave. Yeah, man. Where are you at, bro? Bro, <sighs> do you even stress, bro? Even stress, bro. Uh, Do you even stress, bro? I'm stressing 16 times, bro. What? Yeah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Oof. All right. This advantage is is not is not really working. It's making you want to <laughs> do more shit. <laughs> it's like surely I'm going to start going to success yeah. run. Yeah, Relax. you're rolling silly high tonight, and yet you made a combat roll. I did. I did my my very first and only combat yeah. roll of the series. When it counted, Rook Caster is administering some type of first aid to Captain Wakefield. Cassidy Garland still has the bow out. She doesn't trust nothing right now. Knowing that the spear is well embedded into the hound, I am just going to look at the hound look at Elgon doing his work and then slowly raise my eyes towards Cass and just say I apologize but I had to do what I had to do you had to kill Vi? why would you have to kill Vi? she's gonna follow Wakefield's command and all of you out here is just I look over to uh, to Elgon what he's doing right now is more human than anything we've done here on this planet for the past 200 and whatever fucking days. I wish that were true. Alas, I am only doing what I am programmed and required to do. I don't know where I've been, but whoever's out there running towards where I just came from, they're doing something right. What do you believe is right about what they do? They're gonna... They're going to fix all of this. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I just came here for a job. And I woke up and I saw these people and it's like I've known them my entire life, Kester. I, it's like I've lived my entire life here and those people that are running out towards over there, I don't know, that's like the family or something, I don't know. But Captain Wakefield, Sergeant Levi, I'm sorry, but y'all are not. Cass, I don't know about you, but... You were different a little bit. I don't know. Whatever happens, I don't think I want to go home either. I go back to Earth and I'm going to be jailed up for, you know, what's the fucking word? For treason? Or for manslaughter? Or for murder? I don't don't know. There's nothing for me there. But there could be something here. Maybe. Cassidy lowers her bow and arrow. If you think there's something for you here then you deserve to stay. But there's nothing for me here. It's been nothing but misery and death and fear. Caster, I want to go home. Captain Wakefield needs to go home. I'm begging you, help us go home. First, I need to attend to the captain. But I will take you to the Blissa, and we will repair it. Thank you. 
And Caster, you hear the sound of flesh on metal. You look down at your forearm and you sense Captain Wakefield's hand has grabbed your forearm. It's stained in blood. His blood. If we can get me back into the biomilk, I can make it home. Do you believe you have the strength to get there? I don't know, old friend. How's the bleeding? Is it slowing down? Is it stopping? Is it... I mean, the bandages is already seeped through. And just to be clear, with with Melanie and with uh, Rook, like the wounds healed incredibly quickly, right? Yeah. Caster is going to reach into his belly, and he's going to get uh, a blood sample of Dr. Locke that he has in there. And he is going to pour some of that blood into Captain Wakefield's wound. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Bravo. Cut the... Caster, what, 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 are you, what are you doing to me right now? What, what is this? This may be something that can save your life. Uh, okay. There's a good chance you're going to die without this. There's a better chance that you can survive with this. All right. <laughs> oh, man, that's why you play the game. That's why you play the game. Fuck. dear listener i hope you're enjoying the show i just wanted to take this moment to tell you about how you can help out of depth produce even more cool stuff like the podcast you are listening to right now for one you can recommend our show to other folks looking for podcasts getting our show into the ears of more people is our number one goal right now so if you could just recommend it to friends and strangers leave reviews all of that would really help us out if you are in a position to do more than that, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. It's where you can subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you feel it's worth it. Those funds help us keep the show running, do even more cool projects, and allow us to afford more collaborators to work with. Their time and contributions to our shows are so valuable, and you can help support these efforts by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash get out of depth patrons also have access to bonus material for the shows like character questionnaires my game prep notes and exclusive videos like a post-mortem q a with the analysis complete cast once this series finishes up gail and i have lots of fun plans for the future as we continue to grow our audience and if you want to see them come to fruition please head over to patreon.com slash get out of depth and become a patron today thank you so much for listening holy shit I really appreciate it. Now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what mysteries and terrors our players might uncover next. Dr. Freya Locke, you are running. You're running through this maze of trees that are obscuring your light of, uh, line of sight. You're hit, running around curves. There's no straight route forward. And you're moving quickly because you don't know how bad that skirmish behind you could be. They might all be dead. They might have kidnapped Elgon. These thoughts are racing through your mind as you're running, and you are looking for George Asper. And in your head, you can hear footsteps. You can hear them ahead of you. And you feel like you're about to see his body at any moment when you round a corner. But you don't. And after a few minutes of this, you start to get a little winded. Because I'm not very athletic. You're not very athletic. Just as you start to slow down, you start to hear heavy breathing. In front of me? Yeah. Somewhere. George? 
George, wait up. The panting is intense. I'm I'm a little winded, so I'm I'm gonna keep walking. I'm not gonna yeah. stay stopped. I'm gonna keep just moving forward as I catch my breath and just really look. Kind of zigzagging amongst trees, trying yeah. to see if I can see him way up ahead. This sound sounds like you're getting closer, closer to the sound of this panting. I follow it. You're around a corner and standing very stiff, very rigid, head to the sky is Dr. George Asper. You can see perspiration covering his face, dripping down the back of his neck. It looks like he's hyperventilating. Oh, George, George. I, I come up. I'm like, breathe out, breathe out. Blow out. Four whole counts. One, two, three, four. When you come around to the front of his face to start telling him this, you can see his eyes are rolled back into his head. George. His voice is... You hear moaning coming deep from within. As though he's trying, like his voice is modulating. Mm. Doesn't sound like it's coming from him. It sounds like, kind of like before, whenever he passed out that first time. Yeah. I actually stay back, like I was approaching and trying to help calm him, but I stop at that point and just watch. Your hair on your arms stand up. Yeah. The air around you is filled with the tingle of electricity. Yeah. Gail, could you roll a D100 for me? This isn't for you. This is for George. Oh, that's a 73. George, his eyes stay rolled back in his head. He lowers his chin so that he is looking in your direction, but his eyes are not. It's just the whites. It's just like the Undertaker. whites of his eyes. Like the Undertaker. <laughs> just <laughs> like your favorite wrestler, yeah. the Undertaker. He's great. And okay. he reaches out and he grabs a hold of your shoulder. And you feel this electrical charge go through your whole body. Mm-hmm. And it stiffens you to the spot. Gail... Mm-hmm. You were suddenly not in the woods. Where am I? You hear your voice echo back to you. Where am I? Even though you didn't say it out loud. Do I see anything? You look around and you see this white light from overhead. It's filling this room It's turning black walls gray. It's so bright. And the walls undulate. You can see waves of gray rippling around. I don't like this. They look like almost like a membrane with creases similar to a brain. Yeah. Is it like I'm in the walls of the the crevices of a brain? Or is it just the walls look like gray matter. Gray matter. Is there anyone here? Am I a prisoner? The walls ripple, and you can see stretching the fabric of these walls, a hand trying to push through. It's reaching out towards you. They go towards it. You can see that this this wall is almost like it's vacuum sealed to the face of what appears to be George Asper, his mouth wide, and this membrane of a wall looks like it's about to go down his throat as it's stretching, and his hands are reaching out. It seems to take a lot of effort for him to do this. He may be suffocating. I take his hand first and just kind of push like letting him back up I guess not pressing into this what are, this membrane that's separating us 
You're trying you know to what I mean? Again. Like you're trying to do what with it? You're I, I his take hand. his hand, which is pushing through, but is still pressed yeah. by the membrane. But I kind of take it through the membrane. You're I mean, obviously that's between us. It. And then I'm pushing to get him to go back. I guess you could say, like holding on to him still, but like yeah, he doesn't move back backwards up. at all. Like it's like whatever's behind him is solid. Can I break through this membrane then? Like I specifically like I'm thinking of the membrane if his mouth is open wide, pop. Yeah. Right. Like trying to like in the yeah like a bubble gum or something like yeah yeah. exactly pop the bubble of the membrane so he can breathe. You can't like it stretches to your finger, but you putting your hands on it, you're starting to get these flashes of him calling to you, and you can see him clearly, and it's like he's in a different space, Gail. Could you make a sanity roll? Yes. Oh, jeez. That was a critical failure with a 77. No one's around. <laughs> Gail, what's your stress? 14. I need you to make a panic roll. Okay. I failed eight. Oh my god, it's loss of confidence again. It's the same <laughs> panic you got last time. <laughs> So David has rolled a one twice, and I've rolled an eight twice. I was thinking, yeah, I'm like, huh, I thought it was an eight last time, but maybe I'm wrong. I want you to look through your skills. Okay. And I want you to find one that gives you a memory of your character, what they were doing when they learned that. Exobiology. It's when I was mining um, asteroids and finding the the evidence of bacterium, yeah. cor- bacterium corpses. Do you remember that day that you were standing in the lab and you looked down at that petri dish and you could see that there was signs of life on that asteroid yeah how did you feel amazing it was it was me i was my name was going to be all over this and i had discovered the first signs of life in outer space i mean dead signs of life but it was signs of life who was the first person to walk in uh they didn't walk in they were already there who was it it was my mason droid your mason droid yeah yeah your mason droid that looked and sounded a lot like caster does mm-hmm. thinking back on this memory when you turn and look the mason droid tells you that you have so much further to go and even though vocally the the voice box sounds like caster this memory is warped somehow You have so much further to go. This life is no longer your life. Gail, Mm -hmm. this memory is expelled from your body. F you. The pain that you feel of losing this memory, you let out a scream. And the sound of that scream swallows you up. And then you feel a hand reach out and grab you. And it pulls you out of the sound and into another gray room, just like the one you were in earlier. But now you're standing with George Asper. George? Are you okay? Are you okay? He's trying to get to me. George, I don't trust myself anymore. I don't... He's working on you now. He's taking away my memories. I mean, I know they weren't mine, but they were mine. Do not focus on these memories. He's trying to break you. He's trying to make you want, need him to bring them back. Why? He's making us rely on him. Why? He wants to control us. Why? I don't know. I don't know. George, I, I don't, I don't. I don't feel like I can trust myself. I feel like I've been trying to get back here this whole time, and I don't know that I even should have. I should have just let them go. I should have just let them go on the ballista and just escape. They're going to go. (sighs) Dr. Locke. Yeah? They're going to leave, but I need you to be... Much stronger. ...than you are now. Who are you, George? Dr. George Asper. And now so are you. And he grabs the sides of your head. And you feel this energy pulse 
through your mind. And you are awakened to a part of you that was lying dormant this entire time. A part that was given to you by your father, the analyst who has experimented and created this clone. The analyst. As that's happening, Elgon, Rook, the group that you're in right now, Cassidy Garland, Captain Wakefield, it's obvious they're going to have to head towards the Belissa. So my question to you two, and I'm going to allow you guys to have a moment to discuss this if you want, and you can do it in character or out of character, I don't really care. Where are you going? It sounds like Rook is staying on this planet. Hey, um, Kester. Yes? What would my... The one that you got to know, the version of me that you got to know, what would he do? Whenever he was at a crossroads, he always seemed to make the most reckless choice. Hmm. And what do you want? What do you want to do? Because... I've made up my mind, and as I look back towards the other two, these people seem to have made up their mind as well. They need you, and for all I know, for the last version of me, you did your duty to protect him. Maybe he just got himself killed, since he was so reckless. Nothing you can do about that. It's hard for me to still not blame myself for every death that happens. There are variables that could have been changed. And although I do not possess the knowledge to know what is going to happen, I live with the regret of the things I did not do to help those that I care for. You're doing enough. And... Your creator, I think the one thing they uh, forgot to account for is that all humans, right from the day the day that they're born, they they can't escape death. It just matters. You can't beat it. So it really just depends how you live it out. And honestly, your laws it just sets you up for failure. I think. What you said reminds me of a quote from Ernest Hemingway. Every man's life ends the same way. It is only the details of how he lived and how he died that distinguish one man from another. All right. Not bad. (laughs) What do you want to do? It doesn't matter anymore what the rook I knew would have done. You are Rook. What do you want to do? I said yes to coming here because I had nothing back home, Gaston. Nothing. I was just drifting, collecting dust. Out here, I can collect dust, but my own way. From what you told me, it seems like you could have had more back home than you did. Why did you never try and find your son? And didn't want him to end up like me, is all. Couldn't he have learned from your mistakes? Couldn't you have taught him to be a better man than you? Nah, I don't think so. It's like uh, Darwin or whatever, you know, Charles Darwin. The good genes get passed down over time. Consider this me sort of... uh, removing myself from the gene pool one way or another I will never fully understand you you possess such confidence and such fragility at the same time I'm not dying anytime soon Cast. it's not like I'm gonna die tonight I'm planning to live out the rest of my days I want the hairs on my ball sack to turn nice and gray on my time here so that's gonna happen you got it? I imagine the other rook expected the same thing, but then he jumped in an ATV with grenades strapped to him. Sounds pretty badass. 
it was. Take these people back to the Balissa. I know you can do it. You're programmed to. Where are you going? Over yonder. I know where I came from. That way. As I point into the direction that I came from. <laughs> hey, and listen. Um, if something happens between then and there, you have all the data. You know where to find us. If memory serves, I'm about four clicks to the east from here. Yeah, so... Damn. You know, in my time in the military and all that, I never really got close with any of my comrades. But goddamn, if you hunk of metal, you son of a bitch, you're making me want to cry right now. Shit. Anyway. Well, clearly you missed your calling as an android. I don't know if Earth can handle that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm losing a little bit of daylight. Let's make this short. And I extend my hand out to shake uh, Elgon's hand. Elgon grabs the hand and instead turns it into a hug. I return the hug. Did my previous version tell you to give my credits to Ruby and all that? He did. And on that, I'm going to just turn and begin to, uh, I, sh- you know, schlick the, the spear out of the hound. Yeah. Wipe it off on the side of the, of the belly and begin to walk to the east. What are Cass and uh, Wakefield doing? Do they just see him leave or are they not paying attention? So you watch Rook pull the spear out, flick the blood and entrails off the edge of it, slump it over his shoulder, and he starts off, gives you one last look, and you turn around and you just see Captain Wakefield and Cassidy Garland. They've been sitting there watching you guys talk the whole time. Uh, Rook, Rook. I, like, run a couple steps after him. I just say... <laughs> Cassidy Garland puts her hand on Captain Wakefield's left. Oh, my God, it's still going on. Yeah. Shh. If you see Dr. Locke, could you tell her that, that I think that I love her? Damn. Damn, what the fuck happened in the... in? Damn, that's crazy. Bye-bye now. Yeah, I'll tell her. <laughs> Oh man, I hope that happens in two episodes. <laughs> yeah, and then I then I walk back to Wakefield and Cass. All right, you go back to Wakefield and Cass. It's gonna take us a day to get back, or day and a half, because <clears throat> you're not at the actual dome. Yeah, day and a half. Could use that ATV right about now. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have used that rifle. Could have used that ATV. <laughs> Captain Wakefield, who's looking pretty pale, says, okay, we need to start going. It is early in the morning. I feel like you should set the pace, Captain. I will I will be there. They put together a, a duffel bag for you to carry Caster that has the tent that they're just going to need for the night. And uh, I guess technically you still have the MREs from the group. So you guys are kind of set for this journey back. Do, do we have them all? Or I thought I thought Dr. Locke had some of them, didn't she? No? No, I, I would usually take them from you. Melanie um, had I think, some. I think we had a Melanie couple had some. on us. Yeah, Melanie had some. So you might go by Melanie. Left might go some. by Melanie's body and get her stuff. But I think we did have a couple on us. But I mean, I probably don't have anything on me now. Okay. Yeah. Go get that other stem pack. No, it's been taken by stem pack ravagers. No. Yeah. <laughs> Roll for it. <laughs> Roll for it. Was it ravaged by something? Someone. 66. Critical success. 66 is always a success for me. <laughs> All right, Caster, you and, and Captain Wakefield and and Cassidy Garland, you start to set off to the southwest back towards the Belissa. Don't we need to go to the Haven first to grab the cell? Oh, yeah, you do need to go back to the Haven. Yeah. Man, you got so much shit to do, dude. There's more food there and stuff. Actually, you can get to the Haven in a day. Okay. You'll be there there this night. All right. Cool. That works out for me narratively. Yay. All right. So you're going to make it sometime this day. Dr. Freya Locke, Gail, I need you to roll 2d10 and add the result together. So don't roll like a D100, roll 2D10 and add them the two numbers together for me. 6, 5, 11. 11 is the total, right, okay. Yes, 11 is 11. the total. 11, now I need you to add, that's pretty good, now I need you to add 30 to that for 41. 41. 
where your stats are, I need you to add a new stat. 41 psionics. Oh. Yeah, baby. You are now not human. <laughs> you are. So Caster doesn't have to save me or can't He does kill me because oh. <laughs> Caster is in love with you. Oh, okay. We just learned this. But not George. George is not human, too, I'm guessing. George is also not human. Okay. You all have psionic powers. Yes! So imagine shit you can do with psionics, and anytime you want to do it, you can roll for it. Okay. However, when you fail, you still take a stress. And with psionics, depending on how you fail, could result in you having a mental breakdown. So, make it count. Mental That's like if you're trying to do like something crazy, like control somebody's mind or read okay. their thoughts. But if you're trying to lift like a Coca-Cola can. Okay. I was going to say, can I do telekinetics? Okay. If you want to do like regular Jedi shit, you could do that. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Maybe. <laughs> can I not like control someone's mind, but influence someone's mind? And it's a little easier. Sure. <laughs> we'll okay. work it out. We'll probably never do any of this. Uh, yeah, I know. I'll I'm just, just telling you. I'll just die here in like 10 minutes. Sorry, yeah. got it. <laughs> Rook, you start traveling and you come across George Asper and Dr. Freya Locke. Where? They are eastward. Right. They look like they are in a trance and George's hands are on Dr. Freya Locke's face. And you can see they're like arm width length apart. His hands are completely outstretched, clutching the sides of her face. And all the hairs on your body stand up, including your not yet to be grayed ball hairs. And and you see this incredible pulse of energy explode from their bodies and they collapse and it drops you to your ass. You fall down. Dr. Freylock, you, you're back in the world. George Asper is unconscious. And you see past George Asper, Rook, who's got a spear. Rook. Kind of holding it out in a sort of like in a, you know, defensive stance. Hey, fancy seeing you in here. Uh, fancy seeing you here. Are you okay? Are you? I thought you were shot. I thought you were... I don't know what you were. So you're okay? Is... is... Is Elgon okay? Who? <laughs> uh, uh, Caster, Caster, is Caster okay? Yeah, they're okay. It, don't worry about that. Okay. Did you do something to George? Dr. Locke, something happened. You two were slow dancing or something, and all of a sudden, the power of love just exploded you all, and I fell to the ground. It was really crazy. We still have... A, Quite a way to go to the facility. Uh, can you walk? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I lean down and start like kind of tapping George's face. George, George. Huh? George, let's go. And he responds to you in your mind. Can you hear me? I try to respond back in my mind. Yes. And you do. All right, Dr. Asper, come on, let's get you on your feet here. But I put, put his hand underneath the small of his back, kind of get his uh, upper half up a little bit. He gets up and he looks at you and he has this kind of knowing smile. He's very tired and exhausted, but a, a sly grin curls across his face. I, I say in my mind to George, how did you do that? And you can hear him as he's talking to Rook. You hear him say to you, Dr. Freylock. This is what we are now. And he looks at Rook, and he says, I suppose you'll be joining us. Yeah, I'm just, uh... Like, I don't know what you all want to do back there, but I'm taking you over there. That's what I'm here for. There might be more of these, uh, like, little... These, like, little tiny horses with tails. It's really crazy. I don't know. They might attack one of you, so I, I, I'm here for that, so... Oh, the Fidos. Yeah, they're not good. Okay. Yeah, George, we should we should go, and if... Rook, if you can... Are you sure you are both okay? I know it's hard out. You'll probably have some heat stroke or something. I mean, I, we all probably do, but... Rook, how did you 
find us. What do you mean? How did you escape? Do you remember how you escaped from the lab? I do, yeah. I Machinery must have gotten faulty or something. Maybe ran out of oil or fluid. I don't know, but one of the arms broke off. The robot was attending to it, and that was my cue to whole ass out of there. And you just were allowed to leave? No, but, I mean, they're probably, you know, reset, you know? They're accounting for the lost product or whatever, and it's not going to really be in attack mode when we get there. I mean, it's just one one robot, you know? You are doctors, you're scientists, you know how just... Find the power button on the back of the head, you know, just boop. Dr. George Asper reaches out his hand and grabs you by your neck, just around the back of your neck. He's not strangling you. It's just he puts his hand around the back of your neck. And you are instantly seeing that day where you are outside of the lab. And you are hearing that vibration of sound that told you to bring me my children. But this time, George Asper is standing next to you. And he reaches out and he grabs Dr. Freya Locke's hand. And now Dr. Freya Locke is there. And the two of them are with you. Dr. Freya Locke, I need you to make a psionics roll. Fail. 67. Okay. Rook, I need you to make a sanity check. Oh, wow. I got a nine. Perfect. It's really good that you were the one who succeeded. <laughs> because they did not succeed as well as they could have. They could have fucked your entire mind up. And the control that that creature had over you is gone. That desire to protect Dr. Locke, this clone, and George Asper, this other clone. You don't feel violent towards them, but you may feel thankful that they have freed you from something that was controlling you. And when you come back to, in the woods, George Asper drops to his knees. You can see he's just covered in sweat. I don't even know what we're doing. We're setting him free. Rook, if you want to go, you should go. Docs, I'm a little confused. I don't know what's going on. Are we going to the facility or not? Yes, we're going. You're going to help us set free the, the real us. George, Freya, Barry... Melanie. They deserve a life. You can give that to them. Yeah. Rook uh, wipes the sweat off his forehead. There's a slow nod. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll uh, sit down and rest with the two. So Wakefield, Vi, and Cass are going back to the Belissa with Caster? Yeah. They're all going back. It was a miscommunication on there's a little bit of a misfire and yeah they're all going back Elgon the third you've been traveling for half a day now Captain Wakefield stumbles and every once in a while he stumbles and you are able to help support him or Cassidy comes to his aid to keep him walking you all take frequent breaks he looks paler now. He needs help. Uh, he needs, like, medical help. He needs help walking. Uh, what What does he need? Medical help, but that's what yeah. you're all trying to accomplish. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like what I did with the blood had any effect? We'll find out. Okay. At one point, he drops to a knee. Yeah. And Cassidy says, let's just take an hour, okay? Of course. And he pulls his arm away from her and he says I'm just slowing you down. I, I pull out some of the, the food rations and Captain please eat. You need to regain some strength. Thank you Caster. I I just want to go home. Thank you so much. Of course Captain. But please I, I would appreciate if you would call me Elgon from now on. Caster is a nickname I no longer wish to go by. Elgon it is. And over his shoulder, you see in the sky, clouds exploding in bright orange. And this vibration of heat. And in the distance, quite far off, you see a ship. 
the spaceship breaking into the atmosphere. Cassidy, Garland, Captain Wakefield, and you, Elgon, you stare off in disbelief as a ship lands not far away, but Elgon, with your binocular vision, you're able to see quite clearly that this ship belongs to your father and Quest Jin. <laughs> <laughs>